alive. How do we know she is alive? I hate when people talk during the movie. No wire hangers ever! You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Your stupid minds. Stupid, stupid! Relax. It's all in bad taste. Ryan. Liam. <laughs> seeing if you're here. <laughs> if you had a ghost, <laughs> right, if you like, so we're going to, hi everyone. <laughs> I don't know how to start. If you were a ghost, what kind of ghost do you think it would be? Like, do you think it would have a specific personality? Do you think it would be like, like, you know how there's like a chef ghost in this and a lion tamer ghost in this Ooh. and like a stupid ballerina ghost and shit like that or like a lover's ghost. I'm not I feel allowed. like I would be a ghost. It would just be me. Uh, let's just go with I wouldn't be a ghost. Okay. That's the safe option. Just be a demon or something. Just oh, be in hell. Preferably. Um, hey everyone, it's Liam and it's also Ryan. I should have let Ryan say that. Hey. hey. <laughs> we are here recording Aftertaste, our 0.5 episode where we continue to look into uh, the behind the scenes of what makes our favorite best worst films just as bad as they are. I keep like playing around with the intro, but I'm not sure if it's quite working. Uh, if it's not not, just tell me one day we'll land on something one day i will be consistent but it's not today and speaking of inconsistent movies this is the original 1960s version of the story directed by william castle that the stephen beck movie is loosely based off i say loosely because it has more or less the same plot but not necessarily uh, thematically or tonally okay wait so like five minutes in the podcast i'll I'll wait till later but there are things in this i'm looking at and i'm wondering now in retrospect if they were an homage in some way what is it the 13 ghosts in any way no not them (laughs) why do you think they were connected is it the spirit spirit goggles no, we get on right, with your right, fucking right, right. shit. I'm, I'm trying to guess now. Um, yeah, so this came out one year after uh, William Castle's seminal feature horror film, House on Haunted Hill, which has gone down as to be one of the greatest horror films of all time. Rightly so. I've not seen it in a long time, but I can still remember. Mostly the thing that stands out the most for me is uh, Vincent Price's performance in that film. Vincent Price? Profi- <laughs> Vincent Price. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle Price. <laughs> Vincent- <laughs> We're just going down with every name that's that in, that's begins with a P. Vincent Price is <laughs> a big one for me. I remember when I was younger, listening to him do a reading of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven, and I used to listen to that on repeat consistently. Anything he's in, he just gives such a spellbinding gravity bound performance it's it's out of this world everything everything he's ever ever done it's it's a level of camp that i aspire to kind of i aspire at some point in my career my even down to the simpsons episode he's in he has such a presence in everything he touches to where he's usually the most memorable thing and everything is in. but i remember that film regardless of vincent price he has the Castle manages to craft a beautiful gothic horror film in the set design, in, in the in the tension, in the build-up. Something he fails to capture, I think, here. We are going to get into what we think about this film, but I do think he fails on most levels with this uh, follow-up. That I'm not going to argue with. Now, before we get too much into this movie, we are going to do a kind of split point five this week, where we'll be having me and Ryan on the dissection of the 1960s version of 13 Ghosts, and we will have the full cast and our special guest, Tom, from the Warm Tins <laughs> Film Club on our listener questions. We couldn't convince anyone else to watch it. Yeah, they're all... Uh, <laughs> they made part- the right move. <laughs> they're all part-timers. They aren't getting paid enough for this shit, apparently. Um, and by that, I mean they're not getting paid. 
me and Ryan are going to have a quick chat about the William Castle 13 Ghosts. It starts off, interestingly enough, I think, it starts off very similarly to the remake where it's a family, it's the Zorba family, Cyrus Zorba. I mean, you're wrong. Immediately, you are wrong. So the remake of 13 Ghosts opens up with the well, yeah. lorry scene. I didn't even know. Like, the premise is the same. It's the same kind of, like, basic. Yeah, but we see, we see some beforehand scenes where before the family receive the notice that their mysterious uncle from out of town is away yeah. in the remake there's a whole scene where he's chasing down the ghost yeah and it, people are getting murdered and killed straight away put a much bigger emphasis i think on a famed adventurer is it a famed adventurer or is it notorious adventurer no, noted adventurer noted adventurer there's a lot more of a focus on him whereas he's kind of more of a uh, background character in the original he's more of a presence than an actual character uh, the house is a lot less elaborate as well. We're kind of just trekked to this very standard 1960s suburban home, uh, <laughs> frequented by the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, I think it's a impl- permanent resident. I think it's implied to be a mansion, but I think we see all in all like four rooms yeah, the entire time. It's a, it's a reasonably sized set, is what it is. But yeah, it does come with a witch maid who is witch. the literal Wicked Witch of the they West from the Wizard of Oz. They refer to her throughout the entire film as a witch. Like all the kids are like, "Oh, by the way, yeah, have you seen the witch who lives here? And she's just a maid. Like she's just." A- <laughs> She's just so, they're, so, they're so rude to her. Like, she's in the other room and they're like, oh, what's that witch doing? She was in the other room. She was stood on the stairs. Yeah, she is played by Margaret Hamilton, who obviously uh, claimed her fame, was from the 1939 Wizard of Oz, uh, playing the Wicked Witch of the West. And she does a fantastic performance here, I think. I as think, a witch. As a witch, <laughs> she's, yeah. The first thing you do see is she is carrying a broom. I will note that. She's got a very handsome face. It was one of those moments where I looked at her and was like, That's, that, she's the Wicked Witch of the West, like before I even Googled it. It's, <laughs> it's very distinctive warts and all um, but I think one I, thing, I enjoyed her performance well, I enjoyed say. everyone's performance not that she was in it much or did much but she has a presence about her I think everyone in this movie actually is having a lot of fun and I think that's one of the few really positive takeaways you can say about this movie I think the movie as a whole is kind of stilted and a little bit dry uh, but yeah let's continue with the plot a little bit so it's very similar where they, the family move into the house and they're told they can't sell the house that's a one big stipulation that if they sell the house it'll go to the state um, so they have to live here but unfortunately, it is haunted by 12 ghosts. 12 they have, ghosts. They have that same uh, yeah. say that they have in the movie where, where the, the dad is basically meant to be the 13th ghost. But it's uh, there is a twist that I won't spoil. Maybe it's not the dad. <laughs> we won't I spoil it for the next 10 <laughs> I minutes. I feel like I spoiled it anyway, yeah. Spoiler alert for this 56-year-old film or however fucking old it is. Like the, the lawyer in the remake is kind of meant to be... He's, he's much more of a character in this. Yeah, he has much more of a presence in this film. It confirms more or less that he murdered Uncle Zorba in this movie, whereas in the next one, it's not, well, he didn't kill him because he's still alive, yeah. but he's just hunting for treasure. Yeah, the same plot dark. is going on that he is hunting for treasure and he ropes the son in to like, oh, we'll be out of a little secret book. <laughs> <laughs> I learned something. Regardless of whether or not I enjoyed this movie, I learned, I think I mentioned this on the other episode as well. I actually learned something about this uh, from this movie even. I learned that Ouija board, which <laughs> in my notes I've written down Ouija blood, um, is actually the the name Ouija, we in, in French is yes and ja, ja in, in German is yes. So it's a yes, yes board. I feel like you've phrased this like it's a revelation, like you've I, drawn the words out slowly and dramatically, but this is not a revelation. <laughs> this shouldn't be news. Right, and if you didn't know that Ouija board is a yes, yes board. Like, or don't embarrass yourself like that. Up, like, like I did. Um, but now I know how to spell it, which is really cool. So yeah, the more you know, <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. Thanks, G.I. Joe. <laughs> Fucking welcome. <laughs> 
Yeah, all, all the attempts at horror in this are just that crazy, campy level, like 1960s, everything you'd expect from a haunted house film. The wind rustling, it's <laughs> blowing. It's like this but one. It's scene. not even the house. It's not even just the house that's haunted by the wind. They're in the lawyer's office, and when, when they receive the will, and the lawyer steps out, the windows start yeah. blowing through the wind. The family is like followed from the entire movie by this ominous wind that pushes them in every direction. It's just a, again, it's just like Scooby Doo level theatrics. And there's one particularly brilliant scene where they have this like scene. That there's maybe like a menacing fly that's buzzing around the family's head as they're reading the will. <gasps> string it's, fly. It's, 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 it's <laughs> fly to string. Like, you can pretty much see the string. It's fucking hilarious. Black also everything in this, all of the effects and everything is so badly done. I know it was, I know it was sixties. Yeah. However, there is still better ways to do things. Yeah, well, like yeah, it's the ghost. Like specifically, the one thing we praised about, we couldn't stop talking about how well the ghosts were designed in the remake. Um, whereas the one in this, this one's from the Man in the Sheet collection. This one is the Halloween. If only I would kill for a Man in the Sheet. This that one, would have been appreciated. This one is the guy who's clearly like six feet tall because his head's below his like neckline and like you can he's like decapitated but there's like even the fake lion like the way no that the siege it's not even siege it's just like superimposed this lion into one scene uh this famous lion mate what is it is it is it the mgmt uh, <laughs> is it the mgm lion or something if, if it's the mgm lion that's gonna be pretty kitty cool. cat from the adams family no yeah i think it's a pretty famous i think it does general no. loads of shit but yeah kitty cat I bet it's the MGM lion. It will be, won't it? The one that, like... Oh, probably. It's called Zamba. Oh, He was the highlight of the film. Although he was... They couldn't superimpose him correctly, so he was always three times the size. I also couldn't tell because it looked like either he had a saddle on or his body was just cut in half, and I can't tell whether that was intentional or not. Peculiar. Either um, way. But yeah, the ghosts in this, they are at least kind of creative if they look like Halloween decorations. They had one's a chef, one's a lion tamer, one's, like, a, like a couple... Um, what, I love the chef one because he has this like really stereotypical. It's oh, called Emilio. The, the mustache is it gigantic. Has, yeah, All you can see is his little chef hat. It's adorable. It is like it's like I don't know if any American listeners know. You know the like little chef chain of restaurants in England. They might have them in America and Europe. Do you remember Little Chef? They were like always on every single motorway, but I never knew a single person who ever went inside of a Little Chef. It was like middle. It was just so expensive. I feel Us like, work <laughs> and families didn't attend. I feel like Little Chef is the actual thirteenth ghost. I feel like we've cracked the code. But yeah. At least, at the very least, they are. If they are not very low budget and very campy, they're at least kind of cute in the most embarrassing way. In the most embarrassing way. But I mean, that doesn't just go for this movie. The spinning flame wheel was also an effect in Star Trek. It's um... it was an alien monster on <laughs> Star Trek episodes. Well, that makes sense. Obviously, Star Trek started around the same time as this. It was. I, I want to kind of really quickly talk about William Castle because he's a fascinating guy. A guy I didn't really know that much about before like, getting into this, but Castle is one of those guys who he almost feels like a Roger Corman type where he like had his hand in every single movie Every single pie, I think, from about 1945 to 19, 1975. He directed 58 movies in that space and time. And I'm, not, I'm no mathematician, but that's at least one a year. Well done, you, for, that, <laughs> for those calculations. I wish I knew more about him. I wish he was like, he, again, he, he seemed he produced, um, I know he was a producer on Rosemary's Baby, the classic. Um, that's Slansky great. Film. I love Rosemary's yeah. Baby. That sounded so insincere when you said, that's great. I love Rosemary's Baby. Oh, I meant the movie's great. Yeah. 
That's fifty-eight movies is a lot, though. He must have really enjoyed himself. Well, this is the thing. I think he was one of those guys who just kind of directed for the most of them. I've never even heard of, let alone seen. Uh, House on Haunted Hill is the only one that I think really gained much notoriety. Kind of like Nicholas Cage just does anything just does that's offered him. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's laughably camp. Again, like John Waters would blush at the level of camp on, on display here. And for, I think for a lot of the beginning of the, like maybe the first half of the film, it is pretty fun. But there is like this moment halfway through where everything kind of starts to drag once you've kind of realized they've played all their tricks. I think this is a film that gets all of its cool tricks out in the first 30 minutes and then it's left to the last hour <laughs> of kind of tedious. We know who the bad guys are. We know what's going to happen. We know what's going on. And now we're just kind of running down the clock. Um, and it does, it, it really starts to drag from like, for me anyway, like the 40 minute mark onwards. Yeah. Um, well, you get the Ouija board scene where they're playing with the Ouija board and the picture frame yes, falls. Yes. I think that's around about when you see the ghosts properly for the first time or just before yeah, that. The ghosts just a fucking, the ghosts aren't even subtle about it. They're just like there. Just there. Well, once you've seen them once, you've, seen them they don't do anything different or change and i'm pretty sure they just repeat the same scenes and they're very unthreatening as well like, there's not a moment where you're actually worried about these ghosts hurting anyone like the very the worst they do is like emilio has a temper tantrum in the kitchen yeah, and he throws a knife at the wall <laughs> yeah that's probably the most threatening thing that's ever but the rest of the time they're just like knocking plant pots over and uh, fucking spilling salt and shit well, it's like that it's implied that the ghosts aren't actually evil and the yeah. house is just getting the cracking on with them but at the same time the chef was said to have chopped up his wife his mother-in-law and a bunch of other ladies so it's a bit of a weird what are they actually doing here are they bad are they not bad but i mean the the overall achievement for me was the actual elaborateness of the death of uncle zorbo so please go into it i'm excited for this so he was suffocated was the cause of death and they blamed the ghost and police we're fine with that. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even question it. No, no, I didn't no, matter. No, no follow-up questions. But you see, there's a little dial on the bedpost, because it's four posts to bed with a canopy. <laughs> there's a tiny little dial on one of the frames hidden behind the curtain. And if you turn that, the canopy ever so slowly lowers down. He's not kidding when he says slowly. It's like you could make a cup of tea in the space of time it takes for it to fully enclose on a person. But I don't understand who... Put that... Whoa, how? How is that? that? Why? I just feel like the guy who designed the house in the remake, that was like his first project. That was his like baby's first death... (laughs) Baby's first first death death trap. trap. Yeah, like baby's first cube (laughs) moment where he's like, I'll start off small and then they just didn't do the rest of the house. (laughs) Jigsaw's first kill. I mean, this is the problem. I think, again, why why the remake greatly surpasses it. First of all, the remake has Matthew Lillard in, like we mentioned on the main episode. Uh, but secondly, I think the creativity, there's a lot more in the remake. Like the house, d- as elaborately dumb as it is, at least there is a lot more presence there. There's a lot more character to that house, whereas this is just very standard. It all feels a little bit too unspectacular for me. The house is constantly shifting in the remake. Yeah. You're constantly aware of it because it's always letting you know that this house itself is a... The house itself was more of a threat than the ghost, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Well, again, like even if you compare it to something like House on Haunted Hill, which again has a very gothic feel, I don't feel like tonally this film has anything going for it. It's one of those things where it's just standard haunted house film. There's there's no real lingering tension. There's it's no barely that. It feels like yeah. it's a, just a suburban family movie with yeah. some weird holographs thrown in. Yeah, I mean the highlight again. The highlight of the scene is Emilio the ghost mustache, and then apart from that, it's 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 pleasantly unspectacular. It's not a film I would outright say this is absolute garbage, never watch it. Because I wasn't, 
as bored as I was near the end, there were moments of intri- intrigue and there were moments where I was like, okay, this is kind of cute. It's, if it's for a, no other reason, watch it for the weird cost yeah, effects. Yeah. Watch it for, if you are really, really into that level of 1960s camp uh, and really into that level of kind of, I, I don't even know what to say. It's because it, it's not interesting <laughs> enough to really recommend to anyone. No, don't expect like amazing acting either. The the kid, in fact, had to be billed above the parents uh, for him to act. I think the kid was going to supposed to be a big deal at the time. He was like I remember reading. He's a, he was a big uh, kind of child actor in the sixties. Well, didn't he do just a couple of movies and then the features just drop off dried face, up? Yeah. I think he went the TV after that. And that's how he saw it was career. The actor's name is Charles Herbert. He was the guy who played Buck in the movie. Um, yeah, he, he had top billing. Weirdly, uh, and I know he was in a few kind of again very campy science fiction horror films. He was in The Fly, the original nineteen. Don't say that that was your fact. That was my fact. I knew that, and I taught you something today, people. <laughs> but he was, yeah, he was literally in The Fly, the uh, nineteen fifty eight version of The Fly, uh, and he was in a movie called The Long Long Trailer, which I'm only assuming is a long long trailer. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then he did a lot of TV work. He was in uh, The Twilight Zone for a few episodes, the uh, nineteen sixty two version of The Twilight Zone. It's not loads to go off no, there, then. It was meant to be a big star, you're right. And then you yeah, they gave him up, and then I don't know what happened. I mean, if he wouldn't act unless he was top billing, maybe that speaks to his character. Maybe his parents were just super pushy. Maybe he was like a, had a tiger mom or something. I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, 13 Ghosts. I, I'm, I'm about ready to give my final thoughts on this one, Ryan. Yeah. Um, I have very few thoughts on this one, Ryan. <laughs> very few thoughts on this. The money was in the stairs. He's sliding down the banister, revealed the money. Oh, uh, right. That really confused my brain. I was like, the, wait, the, the money for the film was in the stairs? No, the law you're like, doing the treasure hunt. Right. I thought you meant the, the production team spent the, all of the money on the stairs. And I was like, that seems like a really weird fact. Like, what was it? <laughs> was it like plated gold? <laughs> like, what's going on? It was kind of, yeah, unspectacular. Nothing really happened. The Wicked Witch of the West was fairly entertaining, but she's not in it very often. I do love the end, though, where they said the ghosts oh, yeah. are gone. And then, they, and then the kid's like, they'll, are the ghosts really gone? She's like, oh, they'll be back. Next scene, the ghosts are back. <laughs> Within <laughs> seconds, they've returned. No, 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 they don't even waste any time. But yeah, for me, no Matthew Lillard, zero out of ten. Next. No, honestly, it's just, it's just, it's pleasantly unspectacular. It's your... It's everything you'd expect from like a five out of ten movie, where it's not really great, but not bad enough to really completely hate either, and also not entertaining enough to recommend to anyone. If you accidentally watch this, like if you're on <laughs> a plane and it's this, or like I don't know, The Last Airbender, and you have two choices, and you have a really long flight, yeah, that's fine. It would maybe be worth watching, but then again, we have iPhones now, we have smartphones, so you can download <laughs> something on Netflix. So if you are stupid enough not to prepare for a long flight and it's your only option out of two. I will say, get on YouTube and have a look at the ghost. So I keep bad-mouthing it, but I really want everybody to see how bad the effects are and yeah. how bad the ghosts are. So please do that for me. Before we leave, though, I do want to mention the... Uh, the mar- I think this film is remembered more for its marketing and more for the fact that it gave all of its audience members in the 60s when this came out in, in cinemas. They gave audience members the spirit finders. What they, they called the... Um, Spirit, what, what? I know the name for them. The, the visualizers, the uh, spirit levels. Oh, fucking, fucking no. 
Don't try and pull me down into the sinking ship. You can buy them on eBay. Like I've basically what they are, they're, they're like a, those blue and red 3D glasses. So it caused a lot of confusion because a lot of people thought they were 3D glasses because it has the red and blue filter. And instead of being on each eye, it was just a lens separately for both eyes. If yeah. you look through the blue, the ghost will be more enhanced. If you look through the red, the ghost will be less enhanced. I really want to know how this works. Like there are, you can buy them on eBay and there's part of me, there's a really stupid part of me that wants to get them like 40 quid or something i forbid it um but i want to know like i want to know if i put the film on and i look through one how the how, how no, they would enhance the ghost. apparently you can still see the ghost regardless well, yeah i don't i can't imagine they were that fucking high tech it'll thing. just be the tint they'll have yeah, less kind of cool like as a concept i think that's pretty cool it's they'll have less the blue light the rain isn't interesting enough to really merit that gimmick but you know at least it has that going for it if you fancy buying me a pair of spectral viewers on ebay and sending them to i'm not going to give my don't please just give us 40 pounds instead <laughs> but yeah i think that's everything from us for 13 ghosts join me in a minute while we get the rest of the crew in here and we do some listener questions Okay, guys, we are here with some listener questions. We've still got Tom with us. We just can't get rid of him. We've tried everything. I am now a spectre in the... the exorcist. <laughs> He's just been sat on Zencast the entire week. He's joined Greg in the in the basement dungeon we have. <laughs> I'm, I'm a revenant. A spectre. <laughs> a malignant energy. Uh, sir, I don't understand any of the words you've just said. Can you please break well, it down? Well, let me, let me say it in plain speak for you. It's a ghost. <laughs> Fantastic. We have a few, um, not as many as last week, we have a few listener questions to get through. So we'll start with Kelsey Bird, who's asked us, who was your favourite ghost from the movie and why? Let's just go around. Uh, Tom, do you want to start us off? The Torso. Oh, <laughs> man, good shout. Torso. <laughs> I like him. He, he, I related to him. Either that or the Treat Boy. The Treat Boy. I thought someone was just going to instantly go in and steal the Jackal and just take that easy win quickly. The, the Jackal's the, nah. the jackal's too easy. The Jackal's probably, it would be my pick because it is badass as fuck. But yeah, Jack and Hannah? Have you taken the jackal there? No, no, I want Fat Boy and... You want Fat Boy? Midget Granny. <laughs> and the little granny. Midget Granny. I want those. I want to see oh, them yeah. do more. Like, I can just imagine her, like, chopping the, a man up in the kitchen, just like, it'll be ready soon, dear. And he's like, I'm hungry, man. And he starts screaming and bouncing around. <laughs> Master, I, I wish to eat. <laughs> yeah, I think it is a jackal, but obviously we're referring to him as Mikolash Host of Nightmares. Yeah. Mikolash. No, Mikolaj. Mikolaj. No, 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 it's Mikolaj. <laughs> that's a that's a Bloodborne reference for those who aren't in the know, by the way. Those, those casuals out there. Bloodborne is a video game. It's a very hard video game, but a very enjoyable video game. If you like <laughs> dying a lot time. and HP Lovecraft, then check it out. Thanks for that plug. I was about to say, what are you want a commission? What's going on? No, I just love me as I fucking... <laughs> I don't need to. He's on From Software. <laughs> that bad boy sells itself. <laughs> Absolutely. I had him idea. What's the one? I can't remember her name. The one that every time you don't. You don't remember anything ever. Every time you look at it, she's got like black light thingy hair, but she looks like she's having like a seizure like every time. Oh, the, oh, bound, the bound woman. The that was bound, bound woman. woman. Yeah. That's the only shot you see of her ever. And it looks like she's on like some, like a, yeah, I think she's on the like top of her washing machine when it's going. Well, she's, she's just like, like getting herself <laughs> off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those vibrations, man. Well, Good vibrations. <laughs> Uh, so you picked the most boring one. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Congrats. What was your favorite? The same same question. Uh, same person. Sorry, sir. What was your favorite quote from Thirteen Ghosts? A truck full of blood. <laughs> you gotta be shitting me. Either that or famed adventurer, a uh, fucking Caleb. Noted adventurer, Cyrus Criticos. I apologize to his ghostly. Sorry. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, he's not a ghost. <laughs> he is now. He's a man. <laughs> I think for me, it was um, it was still Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Yeah, but it just and it was one of the first lines in the film. It's breathing down my neck, man. And it was just like the delivery was so. Oh, you know, it was just the way he delivered. It was just felt so Matthew Willard, so, so nice. Yeah, it just felt like okay. So you have one one gear, right? Okay, that's good. <laughs> Uh-huh. I feel like all the good ones have been called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I keep leaving you to last because I know you don't have an answer. So. <laughs> okay, so I, I just oh, I, I just remembered the other one. Um, fuck. Oh no, it's gone. It's gone as soon as it came in. What was? The, what is it? He. No, it's going to be completely sorry. That's how I feel 90% of my life. You've just experienced what we like to affectionately refer as the Hannah, Hannah effect. <laughs> <laughs> or just early onset Alzheimer's. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> uh, really cool question. So I asked about like early naughty horror films as well. Brad Kelsey asked us what your favorite Final Destination kill is. I'll let you guys take this first because I'm, I'm going to try and, I'll try and pick one that's not too obvious. Um, Ryan, do you want to start us oh. off? In fact, no, let's let Hannah start us off because I always, I always end with her. Come on, Hannah. <laughs> so it'll either be the laser eye surgery one because- That's oh, fucking sick. Oh, I will oh, never get my eyes done ever because of that. I don't trust I was so scared for you, Liam, when you were getting yours Man. done. It was just a rerun of so, that scene in my head for like two months before. <laughs> a bit of insider knowledge. It is not even close to being like that. Like- <laughs> It couldn't be less far from the truth. It's oh, really? way more painful. Yeah, they, uh, and far more dangerous. They, like, they dig your eye out and then do the surgery <laughs> while it's still attached to your fucking retina. Um, it's the mm. pigeon boy glass squish scene. After that, that's one. Final Destination Two. Yeah. Oh, so, so oh after that god! One. I think that's my favorite. But I think my favorite's going to be the gymnastic scene in five. Ooh. Yeah, in five, where she's doing a routine and then the chalk powder gets blown from the fan the ball comes loose from the bars and she lands and snaps in two and the head's just between the legs it's disgusting that's an exceptional exercise (laughs) in that kind of slow build tension where it's like what's what's actually going to take it yeah because there's a horse with a tack on it and you think she's going to stand on that and slip off and break her neck but she doesn't she misses it she just eats herself into crippled oblivion (laughs) (laughs) jack i think it's the uh acupuncture one for me it still makes me every time I think about it another thing I'm not getting done is acupuncture because if you do slip that's what it's going to be like if that that table leg gives out you're fucked I do like how Final Destination just plays on those common fears of every day like everything's going to kill you (laughs) usually fuck anyway we're going to a sauna for about a year after that one where that woman gets trapped oh the sunbeds oh god she boils every time you drive behind a lorry you're sitting there going ooh Tom, do you have a favourite? Mm-hmm. Watch out for logs. Oh, I, yeah, it's, it's also based on an everyday fear. Um, Italians, uh, the spaghetti <laughs> one from, uh, from Final Destination 1. <laughs> Genius scene. Again, yeah. It's another one that like slow builds, doesn't it? And it just kind of... There's like, there could be like nine different things yeah. that kill them in that. And then it's, it's the fucking spaghetti <laughs> and the ladder. So good. I feel like mine's a little bit cheating because it's the scene from Final Destination, the opening scene with the logs. Because again, that's kind of the one that's linked. Yes. The whole car crash, it's so well choreographed and so well put together. Mm. And it has had that lasting effect on every single I time. I truly believe I will, every single person. I will leave the lane as soon as I am behind a truck full of logs. <laughs> I feel like that's that's the fear that comes from Final Destination, though. You don't get the fear when you watch it. You just then get the fear when you <laughs> walk about in everyday life. <laughs> life <laughs> is the real the horror movie. <laughs> 
Literally, it's probably up acupuncture, gymnastics, laser <laughs> It just turns you into an agoraphobic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Brad Kelsey, for that question. We've got a question from Too Kind to Rewind. Uh, really cool guy on Instagram. What is your must-see list of late 90s, early 2000s horror? So if we could just maybe pick one film from that period. Hannah, you can choose 13 Ghosts. You can have, you can have the Yay. one you just watched because it's the only one you're going to remember. Well, I'm bad with eras, but I know Candyman was that era. Candyman's Tony Todd is absolutely fantastic. He can be in any horror movie and I will watch it and appreciate him for him. Yeah. Go watch it if you haven't. If you had it, specifically. <laughs> Tom, do you have any? Oh, you want to... Two words, Jason X. Oh, the amazing it, film. Yes. I'm, I'm going to go on record. Yes. <laughs> yes. I haven't thought about that movie in so long. The, it's so good. I never watched it. <laughs> you know what? I feel like Jason X shares so much in common with films like 13 Ghosts because, again, it's just dumb yeah. as fuck. <laughs> it's alien with a zombie on board. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. Like, it has, like, where he upgrades himself. Right? And there's there's the famous scene with the sleeping bag that like, oh, just so kills good. me every time. I'm Jason X, 100%. Because I'm not a massive fan of the Friday the 13th franchise as a whole. I think most of them are pretty loud. Nor am I. <laughs> Jason X is I've the only best. seen Jason X. You've seen the best one. You've seen the one that's the most consistently fun again. Jack? I think calling either a horror is a bit of a stretch. I'd say the horror adjacent, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, Jason? Jason? No, no. <laughs> Probably the cube. Cube, oh, is, the cube. I, I, cube is fucking amazing. Yeah, all of the cubes. Yeah, the cube is class. I, I, we watched Cube and then we watched Cube Two, and I was a really, I was really disappointed they didn't call it Cube Squared. And then they could have had, you know, the, the, the third part of the trilogy, Cube Cubed. Well, cube been Zero. There was a prequel after that. Right? Oh yeah, we saw that one. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Hypercube. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I'd done a Cube Cubed because that would have just made my life. Oh, but um, it just seemed like a waste of time. Other one would have probably been uh, Dusk till dawn Ooh, yeah, man. yeah fucking great yeah, film man. classic two really films cool. for the price of one yeah that's, there you go i've got a full-on list so if you'll indulge me for about uh, 20 do you, do seconds you let oh. see if she has one before she yeah. doesn't let's no, be honest so let's see this thing the faculty wishmaster candy man hellraiser 2 hellraiser 1 is not that good hellraiser 2 is where you should start 13 ghosts scream 1 and 2 jacob's ladder stir of echoes misery child's play 2 again child's play 2 is a lot better New Nightmare, really good Freddy, Freddy film. Cube, Army of Darkness, People Under the Stairs, H2O, Valentine, Ginger Snaps, and Ginger Snaps Back. Oh, shit, yeah. Very Final Destination 1 and 2, Willards, Cabin Fever. I'm in the mood for Misery again. Wasn't H2O that uh, program about Australian mermaids? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what I was referring to when he said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. Fucking terrifying. Uh, did Resident, Resident Evil came out in 2002, didn't it? Yeah. Again, oh, it doesn't, doesn't quite count. Also a stretch calling it a horror film, Tom. Let's Definitely be. a stretch. Yeah, I thought it was scary. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Too kind to unrewind. Thank you very much for that question. We've got a couple more. We've got one from our friend over at Tipsy Flicks. Hello, George. He asked us, what is the best horror remake and what is the worst horror remake you've ever seen? I'm going to exclude The Thing from this because it's too obvious. Oh. So apart from oh. The Thing. Okay, Friday the 13th worst remake. Not Friday the 13th worst remake. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, it sucks. Getting in there quickly. That's mine. Worst remake yeah. ever. Best one, The Thing. No one said it yet. It's mine. I literally said you weren't allowed The Thing. <laughs> you said it wasn't allowed, but you didn't claim it as yours, so it's mine. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to back you up on um, Nightmare on Elm Street. The, uh, it, it, you can't do a Nightmare on Elm Street without Robert England. It's kind of blasphemy, so that's going to be the one for me. And best, I'm going to say the 2013 Evil Dead, which I, I again, hesitate to call a remake because it's kind of more of a sequel. 
there's like that after the credit scene where they bring back Ash and it's, it's technically more of a sequel, but it, it, it was classified as a remake. So really cool, really gory, tonally very different film. I don't know what my best remake is, but I know what my worst one is. Go Obviously, on. The Wicker Man. The Wicker Man! Oh, the Wicker oh Man. yes! Wicker Man's what's what's your problem with Nicolas Cage and bees, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> How did I get burnt? <laughs> Wicker Man's a quality film. I like when he punches the bear. I like when he <laughs> roundhouse kicks the woman across a room. He's a gun down a woman for a bike. <laughs> it is, that is a 90-minute film of Nicolas Cage just assaulting various women. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, do we have an answer? No. Tom, do you have an answer? Um, I don't have a best one that I can think of, and I don't know if this is particularly unfair, but I really hate the Dawn of the Dead remake. Like, okay, a lot. Um, okay. no part because you know Zachary our friend Snyder. is involved in it. Zachary J. <laughs> yes. Snyder. Zachary Jehoshaphat Snyder uh, <laughs> took one of the classic horror films of all time and missed the point so brutally. That he may as well have just made a totally different film. Yeah, it's not hard to a call fan. It a remake. Yeah, yeah, it's a difficult one. More than not, remakes tend to miss the mark. I think at the minute, but we are getting a few. There's a few that little gems in, in the Beauty in the, the mire of shit. Cinderella again, oh, horror films, Ryan. <laughs> they were pretty horrific. <laughs> just like one new film, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, George, for that one. Um, we actually do uh, have one more question from a guy called uh, his user handle on Instagram is a.t.bag. That's a really hilarious username. I don't know who this guy is, but uh, I don't know if you want to read his question out, Tom. <laughs> uh, 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 what did I even say? What I can't did I tell remember. you what you said? Do you want me to tell you what you said? Could you read it to me? And I can't remember. <laughs> Will this review feature a talented, witty, and insightful special guest? Oh, well, you answered your own question in that one, really, didn't you? No, <laughs> absolutely no. not. Not even close. Instead, you got me a tea bag. <laughs> don't, know, don't know what you expected. <laughs> Holy shit, I've just got that. I just got, just got that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my whole world's just been. I feel like I've just been like a veil is lifted, and I can see finally. I, I can see, and I don't even need eyes. You don't need eyes to see. Oh wow! Well, thank you everyone who sent questions in. Thank you again, Tom from the Warm Tins. Find them over at Warm Tins uh, Film Club on all your podcast streaming services, and at Warm Tins. Is it just Warm Tins on Instagram and Twitter? I think it's Warm Tins Pod. Warm Tins Pod. You think? I think. Yeah. <laughs> I- <laughs> That's that's the hard job that Matt that Matt does that. But yeah, thank you. I'll be furiously messaging you. <laughs> I will not be doing that actually. <laughs> thank you again for joining us, guys, and we will see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.